week you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump, or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it eight 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 money pit. The money pit is presented by Select Blinds. Now here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. We're here to help you with your home improvement projects, your decor dilemmas. We are your coaches, your cheering squad, your problem solvers. Whatever you need to get done, let us give you a hand at one 888 Money Pit, 888-666-3974 is how you get in touch with us. You can also post your questions at moneypit.com. Coming up on today's show, are you ready to do one final cleanup of your garage before the summer kicks into full swing? We're going to share some simple garage organization tips to help just ahead. Well, the pandemic has definitely changed the way we do a lot of things. And that certainly is true when it comes to how we're maintaining and improving our houses. And that includes actually how we find and choose those contractors to take on those projects that we just don't want to do ourselves. We're going to share five questions to ask your contractor just ahead. And if you'd like to do some quick redecorating that involves hanging some photos or shelves, but you prefer to avoid creating holes in your walls, we're going to walk you through how to do just that without causing any damage whatsoever. But first, this show's about helping you with your home decor and improvement questions. So give us a call with your home improvement question now, and you'll get the answer. Plus, today, you're also going to get a chance to win some great tools to get the job done. We're featuring the Jorgensen 24-inch bar clamp. Yep, we got a set of four to give away, and it's going out to one listener drawn at random. Make that you. Call us now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Debbie in Arkansas is on the line and has a question to help her daughter's house. What can we do for you guys? Hi, uh, my daughter recently bought a house. It's an older house that's been remodeled, and she was going to renovate around her fireplace, and she discovered that the large wall behind the fireplace, which is about a 20-foot wide wall, has got, uh, it had brick behind the plaster, and mm-hmm. so she uh, took all the plaster down, but it had been put up with liquid nails. So there's liquid nails all over this brick, all over oh, it, and boy. it's made a terrible mess, and she's called in a couple of people to give bids, and it was thousands of dollars to either re-brick over it or chisel it down, and they said it would probably ruin the brick if they did. And so I was just curious if you had any ideas at all. We looked up on the Internet, and there was one about a heat gun possibly, but I thought maybe you might have a, a cheaper or easier way of doing it. Wow, it's quite a mess. Yeah, I mean, certainly you can use a heat gun, but a heat gun is very hot, and it's going to cause all kinds of fumes. And 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 the problem with the the fact that you had this type of adhesive, it's going to soak into the pores of the brick. So, at best, even after doing all that, you're going to end up painting the brick, which we hate to tell anybody to do because it's going to otherwise it's just going to look terrible. You're never going to have that natural brick. That decision was made for you by whoever decided it was going to need to glue the plaster right to the brick without putting any kind of a fern strip or, or something of that nature. There are, you know, various types of adhesive softeners out there, but I fear that even if you went through all that trouble, you're still going to have a very undesirable looking surface. So I think if I'm sorry that's all torn up now, but I think if it was me, I would probably fur over that, attach 
wood strips to that uh, brick surface, and I would probably put new drywall or some other surface over it at this point and give up on the idea of having an exposed brick wall, unless, of course, you want to rebrick the whole thing, which is, you know, a big mess and a big job. And a big expense, too. And a big expense, <laughs> yeah, of course, yep, absolutely. Okay, all right, well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Heading over to Louisiana, where Ron's on the line. What's going on at your money pit? Well, my house has marble floors in the kitchen and in both uh, master bathrooms. And I'm trying to find what to put down to make them shine again. They're so dull. And we had a man come out, but he wants an outrageous price to shine them up. So I'm trying to figure out how to do it myself. Well, Ron, you can do this yourself. There are two different products that I would suggest you take a look at. The first one's called Rejuvenate. And that is a marble, granite, and stone floor cleaner and polish. Not very expensive to get. Um, and the other one, it's been around for a long time, and I've recommended it a number of times, and people always get back to me and say they love it. It's called Granite Gold. And again, that is a stone and tile floor cleaner that uh, will will allow you to polish and clean the floors at the same time. Now, maybe it won't be as good as having a pro come in there, but it's going to be a heck of a lot less expensive, even if you have to do it more frequently. Yeah, the gentleman that came out to give me a price, he said, oh, no, don't use Juvenate. So, of course, well, that's job. that's probably a great recommendation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, if you look at it, if you look at it online, you know, it usually always has four or five stars and people seem to love the stuff. I know we use it on the rest of our floors in the house, on the hardwood floors and in and, uh, the, uh, the tile floor, but I, I never have put it down on the marble. And, uh, well, I, I think there's a, a formula just for the stone product, so make sure you're using the right one. Okay. Okay. I'm all right. I'll check that out. Thank you all so right. much. Good luck, Ron. Thanks for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. 
It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Hey, you're working on so many projects at one time that you could actually use an extra set of hands? Well, we can help. We've got a great prize up for grabs this hour. We've got a set of four Jorgensen heavy-duty 24-inch steel bar clamps. They're super easy to use. I mean, they're fast-acting with a sliding head, large hand grip. You're going to like them. Check them out. You can actually see the whole line of Jorgensen products at their website, PonyJorgensen.com. But this prize is worth 140 bucks. Going out to one caller drawn at random, make that you. Call us again at one eight 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 Money Pit. Helen in Arizona's on the line with a question about some bubbling paint. What is going on? I had my uh, the exterior of my home painted uh, last summer, and um, the painter had uh, power washed it. Came back in a, uh, a couple of days, a day or two, and actually did the painting. And it was about. Um, Two months after that, I happened to notice little bubbles appearing under the, the paint. And um, I, I presume that's because there's water under that paint. Not necessarily. What you have is an adhesion issue. So the paint's not sticking to the wood siding or the substrate, whatever it is. This is a wood-sided house? Yeah, it's a manufactured home, yes. Okay. Do you know if your painter applied a primer? Or did he just put the top coat paint on? Uh, I'm trying to think if my paint did have primer in it. Well, it wouldn't have it in it. It would be a second coat. See, the right procedure would have been to scrape or pressure wash, as he did in this case, to get rid of the loose paint, algae or, or, or mildew and so on, let it dry, and then prime it, because primer is what is what makes the paint stick. Now, if he didn't prime it and the paint's separating after two months, that's a big problem. And it's a problem for your painter because he did something wrong. There's no way that paint should be failing after two months. I had it painted the fall prior, and and the person did a terrible job. And so I decided to change colors and have it done again. The new painter, the guy who does accepts the condition of the house. So if the, if the first guy made any mistakes, then the, the second guy's job is to correct those mistakes so that his work looks good. But there was no bubbling after the first paint job. Okay, I, I heard you on that. But okay, no matter what was there before, you need to make sure that the house was not only cleaned, 
and loose paint removed, but primed. Because at some point you're going to keep, you can't keep putting layers upon layers of paint and expect everyone to stick to the one before it. Primer is the glue that makes the paint stick. And if you did not prime, I think that's probably a good reason that this paint is failing. Two days in warm weather should probably have been enough to, you know, deal with any moisture from the pressure washing. I mean, heck, it's not much more than just a heavy rainfall. So I think what you need to do is to, is to contact that painter and have them back and have a discussion as to why your paint's failing after a short period of time. It absolutely should not be happening. Thanks for calling us and wish you the best of luck with that project. All right, let's face it, guys. There are plenty of items in your garage right now that I'm going to say you're probably never going to use again because I know I have the same things in my garage (laughs) that I'm not ever going to use again. (laughs) So let's do it together, guys. Let's get rid of that stuff, plus figure out a way to store things like toys and you know, chemical cleaners like right next to each other. So let's get that garage organized. First off, you got to go into your garage and be brutal. Take three big bins, one to fill with items to donate or sell, one, you know, with items that you want to throw away and one with things that you're like, I really want to keep. And if it's like my garage, it's not going to be a bin. You just need like areas of your driveway. That's like this thing, that thing. Now, get rid of anything that you know you're not going to use in the future. And by future, I mean, if you haven't used it, say, in like the last six months, then get rid of it because you're not going to use it again, unless it's like a weird seasonal thing like holiday decor. But, you know, get rid of it. If you haven't used it in six months, gone. Next, you want to think about your things. Can somebody else use them? You know, now's a great time to make a donation run to your nearest charity drop-off. Just get the stuff out of your house. Otherwise, you're going to have the same conversation with us next year, the year after that, (laughs) one more year after that. (laughs) Definitely. Now, once you're done sorting the things out that you don't want, you want to separate the ones that you do. So divide up the sports equipment, the home maintenance items, the holiday decorations, and all those other categories into separate containers or bins or baskets or sturdy boxes. And make sure you clearly label everything. You might find that it's also useful to do a sort of a color-coded system, maybe red and green for holiday, blue for outgrown clothing, black for seasonal sports, and so on. A little bit of organization now is going to make summer so much more pleasant because I got to tell you, in my house, everything gets parked in the garage and not in the right spot. So really important to keep that space clean, neat, and organized. Jim in Tennessee is online and is dealing with some bees. What kind of bees? Are they all over? Are you getting stung? What's happening? Uh, we have a log cabin uh, in East Tennessee, and shortly after we built it, we started having a problem with boring bees. Ah, carpenter so bees. These are, these are giant bumblebees that uh, so far have not stung anybody. They have big, black, shiny tushies, and they can drill a perfect <laughs> hole in all yep. wood surfaces, five-eighth yep. inches around. They've decided to make our cabin their home as well, yep. and about this time of the year, we're inundated with thousands of bees. We've had exterminators come through, and uh, nothing nothing seems to eradicate them. I don't know what, what material they're applying, but usually the right pesticide will prevent them from coming back. What they're basically doing is they're drilling holes in wood surfaces, and then they go in those holes and they lay eggs eggs, and then they just kind of let them sit there and hatch. Now, with the right types of, of uh, pesticide, usually there's a powdered pesticide that they actually put into the holes and around there that will that will uh, stop that. Now, is it happening in the logs themselves, or is it on, like, the fascia and the trim? No, it's uh, every pretty much everywhere. Wow. 
Yeah, uh, it's in the log, and it is, it's in the fascia and trim as well. Yeah, because uh, the fascia and the trim, you know, I, I had some fascia and trim like that that was getting ravaged in a garage, and I and I got tired of treating it every year, so I just replaced it with a composite material. And it was funny because the first year after that, the bees kept flying around it, like thinking, "Hey, it looks like wood, but it doesn't taste like wood." So <laughs> they eventually gave up and didn't come back. But uh, it sounds to me like you're just not dealing with the right type of pest control professional because I don't understand why if they're applying some of the standard products that are out there, which you can't buy, by the way, because they're not over the counter, that these bees keep coming back. Right. Well, we we have a home contract for a pest control company, right. and we've had them uh, since we built the house, and they've, they've applied treatment several times, but uh, it doesn't seem to really eradicate the bees. I can't give you a specific pesticide, but I will tell you that insecticidal dust is typically what works best. It has to be applied to the holes, even inside of those holes, and then once it's inside of them, you do not want to seal up the holes. You want to let it sit and do its job. And then after the season, so to speak, then you should seal up the holes because if you don't, they'll come back. But you want to make sure that all the bees have been killed because if you don't make sure they're all killed, they'll just keep drilling to find new spaces because you you know sealed off the ones that they had. But if you apply the insecticidal dust, that will do it. And then after you have it all sealed up, then you might want to think about staining or, or um, refinishing those outside surfaces because that will also discourage bee infestation. Also, you know, it's typically paints or stains with any kind of a varnish. Uh, they're not going to like the taste of that stuff. Okay. All right. Great. All right. Yeah. Good luck with that project. And thank you again for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Jackie in Florida is on the line with a dishwasher question. Tell us what's going on. Here's uh, my thing. It's a Whirlpool dishwasher. It's only four years old. And all of a sudden, just one day, a few weeks ago, just I noticed all, all the dishes just stopped drying. And so I did some looking up. I did some troubleshooting. It could be this. It could be that. And now... They seem to be washing, but just not drying. But now the, mm-hmm. there's mold building up in it as well. Yeah. And I've even noticed that. Like, it's still hot. If I pull it right after the cycle's done, it's still, you could still feel the warmness of it. But, but you got it. But you have to hand dry them, in other words. Right. Well, usually if the dishwasher is not drying, the problem is in the heating element. The fact that they're warm is probably just the hot water that you're using to wash it with because dishwashers are, you know, are hooked up to the hot water side. But uh-huh. the, uh, the heating element is that the electric coil that's in the bottom of the dishwasher and that may have failed. But you got a decision to make because you just mentioned you have a four year old dishwasher and having somebody come out and diagnose it and repair it, it's probably going to cost you 200 or 250 bucks. So, right. uh, on, what you got to figure out is whether or not you want to risk that or just go ahead and scrap it and go and order yourself a new one. 
When it gets right. to be middle age like that, it doesn't always make sense to to repair it. Right, and here's the here's the thing. Like, even I've tried to even look up online to see if I could buy the heating element myself. Yep, and then replace it myself. But well, you certainly can do that. The part, the part number doesn't come up. I can't find a matching part to it. And so then I talked to Whirlpool, and of course they want to send someone out. And- Did you try Sears? Because I think Sears has Whirlpool parts, and they're really good about uh, about stocking a lot of parts and also taking them back if they don't fit. Do I have to pull it out of the cabinet to get to the screw to unhook it, or does it pull right? I wouldn't know without looking at it. You know, and that's the other thing. You're going to be diving into something that you're unfamiliar with, and it might just be that again. It just doesn't, you know, it, it just uh, doesn't work. So I'm sure right. that somebody out here has had that problem before and has a, a YouTube video waiting for you to look at. <laughs> There's <laughs> a YouTube video for everything. Yep, right. Exactly. You can do everything on YouTube. No, and that's actually what I've, I've looked into is YouTube as well. That's how I figured out how to fix anything and everything these days well, good is for YouTube. You. That's great. Um, but... I didn't know if there was, like, a simple way. You know, I cleaned it well. I scrubbed everything down thinking maybe that was the problem because you know how dirty they get and clogged up. So I yeah. don't know. Well, like I said, I don't think it's a clog situation because if you told me your dishes weren't coming out clean, then we'd be having a different conversation. But it sounds like they're just not drawing, and that's most likely going to be that coil. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. I think you just made the my final decision. All right. Well, we're glad we could help you out. That's what we do. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, the pandemic has changed the way that we'll do many things in the days and weeks ahead. And that's certainly true when it comes to how we're going to maintain and improve our homes. And that definitely includes how we find and choose contractors to take on those projects that we don't want to do ourselves. That's right. But if you ask your pro the right questions, you'll be able to identify those that will not only be able to complete your project on time and on budget, but they'll do so in a way that protects you and your family from unnecessary risks. With us to talk about that and five questions that you should ask your contractor post-COVID is Dan DeClerico with HomeAdvisor.com. Welcome, Dan. Hey, it's good to be here. So you guys have been on the digitalization of home improvement for a lot of years now, and this is sort of a whole new level that we're stepping into. How is this going to change the way we find and hire pros? Yeah, I think first and foremost, it's you know increasingly important to ask that pro how comfortable they are with virtual communication. We're seeing a real sea change in how businesses and, and customers interact, a lot less face-to-face interactions, especially in the early phases of the project. So, you know, getting an understanding of, for example, with video messaging, is that something that the pro is going to be able to use with the homeowner through the early planning and contract phase of the project? So, for example, you don't really need to meet these guys in person. You could probably actually, it's more convenient to you, you could probably schedule four or five estimates, so to speak, almost back-to-back and do them one call at a time with uh, FaceTime or any other type of video chat system where you can walk around with the pro and say, okay, here's my kitchen and here's what I'm thinking about doing and, and so on and so forth and, and maybe even give them some rough dimensions. You should be able to kind of certainly explain the job and let the pro sort of explain him or herself and maybe even give you a little bit of a virtual presentation at the same time rather than walk into your house and sit down at the kitchen table with a notebook full of pictures, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, during the pandemic, it was a necessity. You know, you couldn't physically go into the home, but that's what we're 
kind of discovering here that there's a real efficiency, a real you know convenience for the professional and the homeowner to be doing some of this work at least uh, you know virtually through video messaging or whatever other platform it may be. And we can see, Dan, that this was probably inspired by the children's online learning because I know every time my seven-year-old gets on a Zoom class thing, they have to run around and show each other their entire houses. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see my bedroom? Did you see the this? But That's the point. I mean, we used to talk about the firm handshake, the clean shirt, the clean truck as being part of the first impression. Now it's how savvy is that pro on the Zoom call. Which is smart. And I guess you can do a lot of other things. You can probably do payment or come up with a pay schedule or contracts. I mean, all of that can also be done virtually. At Home Advisor, we're really getting out in, you know, in front of this as much as possible. We've, we've launched a bunch of new tools that are going to facilitate with this kind of virtual communication. So the video messaging is built right into the app. The digital payments, which, you know, avoid the transaction of cash or checks, it's all part of this larger digitalization of home services that's been happening for several years, you know, even longer. But really, in the last few months, it's really taken off. So let's say we are going to hire a pro to do a bigger project, and they're going to spend some time in our house, perhaps have some subcontractors involved. What kinds of questions uh, should we be asking them aside from, uh, you know, are they going to be wearing face masks and such? What sort of services might we expect them to provide now when they come to work in our spaces? Safety and, and, and cleanliness. I mean, you always wanted a contractor who's going to keep the the job site neat and tidy now more than ever. So certainly asking about the protective gear, you know, the face mask. We think that we associate it with the coronavirus, but there's no reason that, you know, pros shouldn't be wearing masks on a regular basis given, you know, all the dust and toxicity. So, you know, asking upfront about that, getting a good sense of what the relationship is to the subcontractors. And again, this was always a best practice. The best GCs out there have good long-term relationships with their subcontractors. But moving forward, it's even more important. You want to know their, you know, that they weren't, you know, out sick for two weeks, you know, before they turn on your job. Well, I think also, you know, we want to make sure we've always expected them to clean up at the end of the day. And we, we were just talking about sawdust, but now we're talking about, are they going to bring their own cleaning supplies, towels, hand sanitizers? Are they going to wear the gloves and the booties yeah, on your... towels are in demand. You bring your yeah, own. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> B-Y-O-P-T. <laughs> totally, yeah, B-Y-O. So, you know, talk to the pros up front about this. This is part of the initial vetting process. But when you're checking those references, you know, talk to past clients as well. Ask them, hey, did this this guy keep a, a, a clean, organized job site or was the place a mess? I mean, it's really important to ask those questions these days. Do you think it's important, Dan, when you're having these sort of initial online meetings and you think that maybe when you actually have decided on the pro and get them in your house, that, you know, it's sort of that idea of, oh, while you're here, there's also blah, um, should you sort of discuss that up front? Like, I may have another thing or not, just because you don't know if they have availability for those extra projects time-wise. Yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. Is it, is it possible to bundle multiple projects into one more important than ever? It's not that it wasn't a best practice before, but now, you know, more than ever, you want to try to minimize the number of times you're having to bring professionals into the home and bundling projects. If it's an HVAC pro who's coming to fix your AC unit, hey, can you, you know, take a look at the uh, the humidifier or the air filters, whatever it may be. So trying to package those projects into one makes a lot of sense these days. 
We're talking to Dan DeClerico from Home Advisor about how home improvements and the hiring of pros and folks that are going to work in your house may change in the future in a post-COVID environment. Dan, you know, it occurs to me that we've always been conscious of the time it takes to get a job done and the scheduling related to that. And there are a lot of factors that figure into that, you know, how long it takes to order materials and such to get the job done. And it used to be that, you know, it was okay if the guys came in the morning and they went to another job in the afternoon. Now I think I want you guys in out complete in a shorter period of time. I don't want this to go on for longer than it has to. So I think that plays into this as well. Are they going to be able to start this job, um, you know, from basically from go from start to finish, you know, without leaving the site to go work elsewhere? Well, that's such a great point. I think we're looking for leaner, more efficient projects. And it's just another example of how the pandemic really is forcing the industry to modernize in a lot of positive ways. I mean, I hate to, you know, say it's been a positive. It certainly hasn't been that. But, you know, pros are really having to get on board with the technology and with being as efficient as possible. Yeah, and I think that's happening across a lot of industries. I mean, look at telemedicine, right? That has been adopted, you know, with open arms, whereas before it was like, I don't know if I like that or not. But now people are like, you know, it's not so bad. We're getting information that we need. We're getting seen by a professional. And it's going to be similar uh, in other industries as well. Now, Dan, you mentioned that there were some new technologies either here or about to be here. You mentioned that the Home Advisor app has been updated to accept digital payments and do video chatting. But there are some other technologies that are going to help pros do some of this research and do some of this estimating without even setting foot in their home, in particular around augmented reality. It's really exciting. A lot of of very cool, very, you know, available here and now software that increases the intelligence of the smartphone. I like to say it turns sort of FaceTime on steroids using things like spatial mapping or object recognition, artificial intelligence, these sorts of things. So, for example, a painter you know, if the homeowner holds his or her phone up to a room, the painter using all these, you know, software advancements, these tools, will be able to take measurements for that room without ever entering the house and, and provide that homeowner with a very accurate estimate, you know, all in sort of virtual time. Well, you know, Dan, in many ways, this is sort of forcing people to become more comfortable with digital tools. And I think that that's going to be a good thing. I know there was a lot of natural sort of anxiety about going this way for pros and for homeowners as well. I mean, if you're a younger homeowner, then certainly you're going to have more comfort than if you're an older homeowner. But I think that this move and showing that it can be done successfully and safely and efficiently for everyone by using these digital tools is really going to be a positive for the industry going forward. It really addresses that perception problem, really brings the industry, you know, full on into the 21st century. So I think this is a good thing moving forward. Dan DeClerico from HomeAdvisor.com. Thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. And if you'd like to uh, get more details on these tips and ideas for how you can digitize your home improvement projects going forward, Dan's post about this very topic will be up online on our homepage at MoneyPit.com. Give us a call right now. Two things will happen. You'll get the answer to your home improvement question and a chance to win this hour's prize. We've got from our friends at Jorgensen four heavy-duty 24-inch steel bar clamps. Now, you know, if you like to take on projects, you can never have too many hands. That's how I feel when I use this set of clamps. I have the exact same set, and I love it because it has a disc clutch design that basically means you can slide the head right up to compress the wood, then you've got a nice 
nice heavy-duty handle that you twist, and it'll apply up to 80,000 pounds of pressure, which means you can pretty much secure things while you're working on them or when you're gluing up some boards, whatever you need. It's just really handy to have around. We've got a set of four. They're worth 140 bucks altogether, going out to one caller drawn at random. So, hey, why not give us a call at 888-MONEYPIT or post your question to moneypit.com. Well, one of the quickest ways to spruce up a space is to add a few framed photos, wall hangings, or even some shelves to those blank canvas of walls that are surrounding you. But for millions of people who rent apartments or homes, poking holes in those, you know, otherwise perfect walls is a sure way to lose a good chunk of your security deposit. Well, that's right. So to avoid that hassle, all you need is a relatively clean, smooth wall, a bit of ingenuity, and a few pretty inexpensive products. So first up, let's talk about mounting tape. It's a very powerful, sticky, foam-centered tape with adhesive on both sides. But while mounting tape tends to be permanent and can damage surfaces when removed, it will also leave behind a very nasty stain. Now, another type of mounting product called mounting strips, they're designed to release cleanly when you pull it along the longest axis. So, you know, if it's horizontally, vertically, you pull it in that direction and it sort of eases its way off the wall. I mean, it's really fantastic, but you want to make sure that that wall is flat. You want to make sure that it's smooth. It's a good surface. And that's going to help you get the items to secure really, really well. And again, it's so easy to take off. Just make sure that you buy the hook or the strip that goes to like the right weight capacity because you can reuse the hooks. You just have to replace the strip. So just make sure you're sizing it correctly for what you're hanging on the wall so it does not, you know, slip off. Now, if you're hanging framed art or photographs and unframed posters, that's a significant part of any interior decor project. So to work with the brackets and the holes and the hanging wires that are part of those frames, there's also a special set of picture hanging hooks made exactly for that purpose under the 3M command line. But Leslie made a great point. Make sure you check the weight limits. They're pretty accurate, and they do work really, really well if you have a smooth surface to work with. Check out The Money Pit on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Money Pit. Post your questions there. Now, Mickey in New York writes, I'm redoing parts of my kitchen. I want to add a glass tile backsplash. Do I need to put anything on the wall under the tile or can I just put an adhesive straight to the wall? Well, I think you're concerned about, you know, whether or not you need to do anything but the drywall on the wall. And the answer is no, you don't have to. Of course, you've got to, you know, take off the the plates from the electrical outlets and you're probably going to have to uh, deepen them. There's extensions to those electrical boxes that can make them a little bit thicker so that uh, they'll stand out towards the edge of that tile that you're going to end up with. You don't have to change the drywall and you also don't have to use adhesive. There are types of uh, other products that are sort of sticky back and they're sticky on both sides one of them is called bondera there are others and uh, leslie and i have used them on projects and the cool thing about um, these sticky back products is that you can grout right away you put them on the wall and then you peel off the other side stick the tiles right on it and you can just grout immediately so it does save you uh, a bunch of time but you certainly won't have to do anything to the drywall underneath now if you've got a tile wall and you want to change it you can forget that drywall it's better off just to tear the whole thing out right leslie 
Yeah, I mean, you can't put tile on top of tile. And if you try to take out tile and, like, get back down to a workable surface, you just won't. There's going to be all kinds of things that are stuck to it. So definitely, you know, start over, if you can, with the tile wall. Or think about a way to maybe, like, pop out one tile and add in a decorative tile. And suddenly you might like it again. You know, there's lots of ways to work around. But tile on the wall already definitely makes it harder. But good luck with your project. Well, it's the classic Groundhog Day moment. You get out your tools, you fix a problem, and a pretty short time later, it's got to be done again. Leslie's got tips to help you stop that how-to deja vu on today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie? Yeah, you know, fixing that same problem over and over and then again and again really is a drag, guys. <laughs> Let's just do it once and not do it a hundred times. So the next time you see some peeling paint, don't just slap another coat of paint right on top of it and be like, all right, that's good. That'll hold for now. Instead, get rid of the old stuff with a paint scraper or if you have to, a chemical product. And then here's the key. Prime those surfaces before you once again apply a top coat. That's going to make sure that paint sticks as best as it can. Now, if your basement seems to spring a leak every time you fix the last one, there's probably a good chance that the real issue at your home is poor drainage. So you want to make sure that you're grading the soil away from your home's foundation. Make sure those gutters release the water about four to six feet away from the exterior wall, and you'll find that you have a much drier basement space. And here's another one, guys. Get rid of that caulking gun once and for all for the bathroom. Now, if the caulk between your shower tiles keeps cracking or breaking, you know, between the shower and the tub, you want to make that you fill the tub with water before you actually reapply the caulk line. So fill the water in the tub. That weight is going to pull it down. So when you're adding in the caulk, it's sort of going to the widest space and then leave the water in. And once it's dry, drain it and it will seal back together, you know, all nice and tight. So you don't have to worry about any spaces or anything getting behind it. Do these this way. And I promise you won't be asking us how to do it again. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Do it once, do it right. You won't have to do it again. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show coming up next time. Do you want a garden that not only looks good, but also serves an important purpose? There are a lot of species out there, like bees and hummingbirds and butterflies, that play a big role in plant reproduction. They're called pollinators, and they are incredibly important to life here on Earth. So it's important we give these creatures a place to carry out their good work. We're going to talk about how you can build your very own pollinator garden garden on the very next edition of the money pit i'm tom kreitler and i'm leslie segretti you can do it yourself but you don't have to do it alone